0: On today's show, we talk to a woman whose sister's getting divorced and it's screwing up the friends and the family. and She doesn't know what to do next. We talk to a young man whose stepbrother was one of the 13 men and women killed in Afghanistan. And he wants to help his family grieve. Stay tuned. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is John with the Dr. John Deloney Show. So glad you're with us. So glad you're with us. Nick, James, Kelly, it's good to see you all. Especially Kelly. Especially. Hey, uh, James, I think it's time that we tell everybody about our band. Really, you've mentioned it like every show, so. <laughs> I know, you like how I do that. <laughs> it's exciting for me. Yesterday was our big coming out party because we had. Nope, I said that the wrong way. Yesterday was the day that um, we had to get our big photo shoot. In our full our full, gear, and we walked by Kelly. And Kelly, I haven't seen stars in your heart and in your eyes ever like that. I didn't know you were capable of that level of – I know your heart fluttered in that way.
1: Oh, it did. But to be honest, it was strictly because James is
0: – there has been discussion about my taste in music. You know, James likes it if it's obscure.
1: No one has ever heard of it type thing. And I like my hair metal. I don't. <laughs> I don't shy away from that. So to see James dress like that, <laughs> he looks <and> so good. <laughs> to know that here in a few weeks I'm going to hear him play all the songs that are near
0: and dear to my heart does more for me than y'all will ever know. Maybe. It's like Christmas. I didn't know you had a heart like that. I, I thought it was like 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 a like a small rock. And yesterday it was beating fast. I could. Just oh, it see was. It. it was a moment. Your hair was standing. I out. might have incredible. cried a little. I saw it. It was so good. A tear. Uh James, this is a big moment. It's grown on me a little bit. Not all of it, but a lot of the To, music has grown. to look across our, our rehearsal space and see you holding a Gibson, rocking it. You're 10X the guitar player I am. And to watch you play like that with a all of it. My my heart's so full. I feel like I feel like A, we know the show is failing miserably. It's just on a swan dive. But I feel like when this thing we all have to just get in a room and be like, we tried and this this show didn't work. I feel like I can look across the room and think, yeah, but James rocked once, and uh, I've done my deed here. We'll always have summer of 2021. This- <laughs> and maybe Brian Adams' little brother will write a song about it. That'll be fantastic. All right. Hey, um, hey, listen, check this out. Um, I want to talk about something cool, uh, a-, a note that I got here. We get lots of uh, negative notes on the internets because people love commenting. We'll talk about that someday. Um, but we got this great note from a wonderful woman named Pat here from here in Tennessee. And here's what she said. She said, I wanted to let you know that I tried one of the suggestions that you make on your show. Whenever I get an email that starts with that, I always think, uh-oh. I don't think people are actually going to do this stuff in real life. She said, our adopted son, 16, has several different diagnosed mental health challenges that are result from trauma experienced before he came to us at the age of two. Whew. He had a really bad day yesterday, and his internal struggle manifested itself as extreme anger towards me. The problem began when he shut down emotionally, refused to go to school, and he knows that if he refuses to go to school, then he's got some consequences throughout the house. He wasn't speaking to me because I upheld the consequences, and he told me that he would never forgive me. I love 16-year-old ultimatums and absolutes. But as a parent, it hurts, right? It hurts. (laughs) It's like my little daughter a couple weeks ago. I wish you were never born whatever she said. So after he went to bed last night, I found a notebook. And I wrote him a note telling him how much I love him and how important it is for us to keep our word sticking to our contract and that I hope that his Friday would be a better day. I also asked that he leave me a note to let me know how he was doing. I left the note sitting on top of his things in our study. This morning, after he went to school, smiley face, which he went to school, I checked the notebook. There was one sentence. I'm doing better today. And then she writes in all caps, this is amazing! I really didn't believe he'd write me back, but he did. He was introspective and he wrote back, I mean, his exclamation points. I left another note and will wait to see if he will continue a dialogue. Thanks to you and your amazing team. Probably talking about Nick, Sarah. Maybe, James and Kelly. Thanks to you and your amazing team for the work that you do. I have so many major challenges going on in a mama's heart these days, and your advice and expertise is not only helpful. Kelly is beautiful and entertaining. She didn't say that, but I added that. Um, I look forward to every episode. Keep up the good work. Hey, Pat, number one, thank you for doing something as simple as trying something new. Trying something new. As parents, we often tr- – like. I- we need to uphold these consequences with our kid, and when they don't do it, we think, well we just need to hold consequences even harder and then our kids push back because they're 16, and that's what the way 16 year- olds are biologically designed is to push back on boundaries and then we think, what do we do? let's just do it harder and louder and you know we just and you tried something different. you still held the boundary, you still held um, your son accountable because you love him and you tried something new. Which was as simple as grabbing an old spiral notebook or an old notebook off some random shelf in your house and writing him a letter and then just saying, Hey, will you write me back? And for a 16 year old who struggles with mental health challenges who has sworn, I'll never forgive you and I'm not talking to you, a sentence, I'm doing better today. That's, I mean, that's like, that can be considered a parade, right? With horn sections and things. So confetti falling from the, the sky. As parents, as people who love, you know, I have romantic partners, people who are just trying to navigate our world. So easy to get stuck in a rut and we get an idea. This is the way this should be. And when it doesn't work, we just think, well, let's just do it harder and let's just do it louder and let's just do it more aggressively. And Sometimes there's magic and just stopping and trying something new. So thank you so much for that email. And um, for some inside baseball, this is the second or third or like fourth time we've had to pick this up. And Sarah, the editor, is going to have to figure this all out. We'll be right back on the Dr. John Deloney Show. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Be honest. How often do you find yourself pausing in the middle of a day and it feels like there is so much going on? And you find yourself wondering, what would I do with just a spare hour or 30 minutes? Can you even imagine? And it's in these moments that we often realize we're living someone else's life. Everyone else's schedules, priorities, and emergencies are driving our lives and we can't keep carrying this load for everyone and everything. And it's in these moments when it feels like too much or when you need some help parsing through all the chaos that talking to a professional therapist can be a game changer. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you have with boundaries, time, commitments and your own self-worth and that can be in relationships with your friends people at work or your significant other or even how you can make and keep commitments with yourself therapy can be amazing for figuring out what even makes you happy anymore and how to go make it happen and if you're thinking of starting therapy try better help because therapy isn't just for people who've experienced trauma it's great for building skills so you can be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is completely online, so it's flexible enough to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. Alright, we are back. Hey, what's up, Ann in Richmond, Virginia? Ann, how in the world are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: Good. I know you can hear us talking when we're not on air, and I'm you can tell I'm not very <laughs> I'm not very good at this. Um,
1: you also owe Kelly a lot of money because you've said listen so far twice. So oh, come on.
0: Kelly wasn't even paying attention. <laughs> Real cool, Anne. You were <laughs> you were that kid in school that were like,
1: can we just do more homework? Uh, probably.
0: Oh, gosh. Darren's looking at my paper. Thanks, Ann. The world needs more. <laughs> the world needs more ads. <laughs> I can't believe I should listen twice. Kelly's going to get a Cadillac <laughs> after this deal.
1: Hey, so what's up? How can I help? Uh, so, um, anyway, um, my sister and I have, like, always been pretty close. Um, we got married around the same time, and then the, the two of us couples were really close, And now they're getting a divorce, and Uh, we're just trying to figure out, like, how to navigate this and how to manage to stay friends and keep things sort of normal for all of our kids, and what do we do?
0: So is everything—I mean, that messes up weekends, evenings, babysitting. Hey, we're going to— Yeah, a lot. (laughs) And then do you all have, like, um, the same gang of friends, too, outside of your Mm -hmm. little family bubble? Oh, gosh. Okay, so why are they getting divorced? Is there any any like abuse or um, evil stuff going on, or do they just fall out of love and blah blah blah?
1: I think it's mostly the just they grew apart, or she grew up and he's kind of the same person he's always been, and I don't think I don't see it as he's a bad person. Mm as much as they just don't see eye to eye. And also when um, he, he can be a little bit on the controlling side when things aren't the way he thinks they ought to be. He's just one of those people who likes to try to buckle down and, and come, I don't know, try harder for his way rather than compromise. And so I don't see it as abuse, but definitely not healthy. Either. Okay.
0: And I said something that I hate. I actually, I said, did they just fall out of love? I don't. I don't really think that happens. I think people just quit working on it. So it sounds like they, over time, just stopped working on stuff. Right?
1: And that's the way I see it. Okay. All right. No, that's, that's I a mean, I, way. I haven't been. I haven't been there. You know, twenty four seven. So I, you know,
0: that's right. So I can't say hundred percent. Here is a couple of things. It really is going to come down to how mature everybody wants to be, yeah. and. So the first thing I want you to be cognizant of and put on the table in your home with your husband mm-hmm. is this will send shockwaves through your marriage. Mm-hmm. It will send shockwaves through you, through your husband, and through y'all's through your connection, right? Right. And he'll it, it can be a oh, we can just get out of this thing, or I don't want that to happen to us, or now it's become real, like, oh, this can happen, right? It, everybody kind of trips out a little bit. There's grieving that has to happen on y'all's end. And mm-hmm. if y'all haven't gone out one night or one morning and just said, this is going to affect us, how how are we? Then you got to do that because there's going to be a lot of unspoken stuff. Um, yeah. How similar, or, or am I right? Has this happened?
1: Um, to some extent, and then I feel like, I feel like we're in a, you know, like, we've realized that things are, it could happen, but things are, you know, we talk more and like, I don't know, I feel like we're in a good spot right now. Cool. Not saying, you know, not saying nothing could happen, but.
0: (laughs) There you go. So I I want y'all to look at this as a chance to reimagine where y'all are headed and where y'all are Mm -hmm. right now and make this fun if you can get away for a weekend, on how how old your kids are, but if y'all can get away for a weekend, if you can get away for an afternoon or an evening, do that and make this so fun, so fun. And it doesn't have to be a oh no, we don't want to become them. I think you got to put that on the table and say, hey, this is this is just sucks and this is scary and this is. And mm-hmm. um, where do we want to go? What is the next two years, three years, seven years going to look like for us? We don't know what the world's going to look like, but who are we going to be in the midst of all the mayhem? And um, yeah. I think that's so good. So when it comes to friends and relationships and family and this kind of stuff, if there's abuse, like if he was beating up your sister, there's some yeah. relationships like we're, we're we're cutting people off, right? Um, right? Or if there's child abuse, things like you're not going to be around my kids, you're not going to be around my home, etc. My Again, my friends, we've been together for so long, but we're really open about this stuff. And so back when one night we were all just hanging out, a couple of my oldest buddies, somebody just said it out loud. Like, hey, by the way, if any of us ever get divorced, I'll love y'all, but your wife is welcome to come stay at my house. Like no questions asked, right? So I think it would be really wise and very mature and grown up of you to, if they can be in the same room, if y'all can still sit in the same room together, then to invite Mm -hmm. them over for dinner and say, we're still having all the kids together. Y'all two can do your thing, but I'm still gonna call him. I'm still gonna call you, and the two husbands are still gonna go hang out and go do whatever they do. And me and you are still gonna hang. that's still gonna happen. And we're not gonna pick sides here, and we're not gonna get drawn into any drama. And oh, why didn't you respond to my text? And you respond. I hear. I hear you're talking to him, and I, I think just calling that out putting it on the table y'all have chosen to not be married we are choosing to still love both of you does that make sense yeah
1: and we've tried that and now we're getting some pushback and yeah. like why do you spend time with him and it,
0: it just there you go so here's what you did you put a boundary on the table and your boundary was we're gonna love you both and now they're gonna people are gonna bang their head up against the boundary and see if it's real and so mm-hmm. this is when you respond back and say hey're I'm not doing this I love you and if you're going to tell me that to be a sister who loves you it means I have to cut off friends, um, I'm not going to do that. Or maybe you say, okay, I'll do that. And you tell him, hey, I've got to, I have got—I love you, but i got to side with my sister on this one. And you're going to need to find your own gang, right? If you all want to do that, yeah. then so be it. And when it comes to the other friends, I think you let them know. We're still going bowling or I don't know what you guys, what your friends do together. Um, <laughs> like, we're still going to go do those things. We're going to invite everybody. Y'all two yeah. can decide because y'all made a grown-up decision. Y'all two can decide. And here's the other thing that's going to just – just is a grenade in the middle of everything is everything's going to be different now. It's going to mm-hmm. be weird. There's going to be that awkward fleshing out part and the uh, – it's just going to be weird. There's not going to be a when do we get back to normal because there's going to have to be a new normal. And y'all right. get to design what this new normal is going to look like, but it's going to be annoying and frustrating. And it's okay to be so mad at your sister for screwing everything up. And it's going to be fine to be mad at this dude, um, her ex, for screwing everything up and partridge in a pear tree. But holidays are going to look different. Thanksgiving, Christmas, it's all going to look different, right? Yeah. It's as intentional as possible. And then just don't put up with people acting like children. I I, I thought you were going to be my friend more. And stop. We're not doing yeah. that, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> how much is that happening or are you imagining it happening
1: um recently it has been happening because basically just like just the way circumstances where we were hanging out with her more and then we got invited to do some stuff with him and then and other friends all together and now she's upset about that and like it's not about him it's like the whole group of friends and we wanted to do this and now she's like not happy and
0: Yeah, so in her grief and in her shame and in her frustration and in her anger, she's going to have to find repeated scapegoats. And as her best friend and sister and also as the adult in the room, you are going to be the brunt of this, unfortunately. That's where you just calling her out like, dude, I love you. Stop. Stop. Stop acting like (laughs) a child. And this is going to be heartbreaking for you. But if she chooses to act like a child— And disconnect from you Because you're acting like a grown up That may be part of what's next for you for a while I don't think it will be forever But that may be what's coming up Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. That's heartbreaking I know But here's the thing When we love people (laughs) People just do dumb things They do stupid things They do things differently than we do And they do things that frustrate us They do things that are incredible They win the lottery And then suddenly it's like Oh what happened? That's just part of loving people. It's a risk and it's hard. And that's when you have to know who your gang is, what your values are, what your boundaries are, and then how you're going to speak them into the world. And I hope your sister will love you and go, I know, I know. And that's when you as a a sister who loves her can say, do you really think I don't love you? Stop. And we're going to go hang out with friends. And if you don't want to come because you divorced this guy, that's your choice. Congratulations. But we're going bowling because we love bowling. And I'll still come over to your house, but we're not going to keep a tally. How many times are you with him or with me? And, by the way, he'll get remarried someday. And um, if he's like most guys, it'll be about two and a half weeks from now. He'll run into some old middle school girlfriend and and just call it. And um, he'll end up making his own life. So some of this is going to be temporary. And then you and your sister will stay connected at some point. So um, some of this is just getting through the discomfort of where we are right now. Ugh, so frustrating. But you and your husband, y'all be the adults in the room. Hold your boundaries and take care of those little kids. Make sure they're all hanging out together. All right, we'll be right back on the Dr. John Deloney Show. Hey, what's up? Deloney here. Listen, you and me and everybody else on the planet has felt anxious or burned out or chronically stressed at some point. In my new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, you'll learn the six daily choices that you can make to get rid of your anxious feelings and be able to better respond to whatever life throws at you so you can build a more peaceful, non-anxious life. Get your copy today at johndeloney.com. All right, we're back. Let's go to David in Raleigh, North Carolina, one of the most beautiful cities in the country. What's up, David?
2: Hey, John. Thank you so much to you and uh, mostly Kelly, I guess, for having me on the show. Come on! (laughs)
0: I'm sorry hey listen she called last night and was like "Uh, I've got like seven calls and I said we're getting David on this show just kidding that didn't happen at all
1: fake Uh, news
0: fake (laughs) and that fake news (laughs) is fake news how do you like them apples I'm just kidding David yes you can thank Kelly she's the best and great and wonderful and brilliant and blah blah so anyway hey brother David what is up man Well, I just want to say um, I've got so much respect
2: for you and what you do and how you approach mental health. So just thank you for what you do. I'm grateful for
0: you too, John. Oh, I see what you did there. Thanks, man. So, hey, I'm grateful for you too. So what's up, man? Yeah, so
2: um, I got a call from my mom two weeks ago saying that my brother, who was deployed in Afghanistan was one of the thirteen service members killed <sighs> in the Kabul bombing.
0: Come on, man. I'm so sorry.
2: Wow. Yeah, it's it's um it's complex because my my mom just remarried two years ago. Okay. And I've only met only met the guy once. Okay. So I don't really have any kind of relationship with this guy. So I'm just kind of Trying to navigate I have a good You know Good relationship With my mom And my stepdad And I'm just trying To figure out How I can Be there for my mom Because this is We just We just grieved My dad passing Five years ago Mm -hmm. So It's It's a lot of grieving And you know I'm tired of Tired of her having to Deal with crap like this
0: Yeah man It's hard (sighs) Everything about this Is hard man Um, Man she's lucky To have you In her life For thinking about her And for loving her And, um, dang, man, that sucks. I'm heartbroken for your family. So five years ago, your old man passes away. Was it sudden? Was it quick? Was it slow? He, yeah, he had a heart disease. It was Mm. a very, very slow decline, but it was,
2: it was a quick, quick death. So, you know, he was slowly, you know, his legs were starting to swell and he was kind of slowing down, not Mm -hmm. able to exercise as much, but. It wasn't like okay, he's gonna pass. You know, we know he's gonna pass. It was it was very
0: sudden. Gotcha. So then she gets remarried a few years later. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And then she, I mean, these servicemen that passed away were so stinking young. So she's probably spent a year or two with them.
2: Yeah. So they, um, my stepdad, they had a good relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been stationed out here near I don't. I don't actually know. It's <laughs> somewhere out here in North Carolina. Sure. But uh, so they got to see them quite a lot.
0: Okay. So how did your mom reach out to you?
2: Well, she had she'd been texting me saying, hey, because he had just gotten deployed. Uh, my stepbrother just got deployed like several days before it happened. So Jeez. it was Hey, you know, pray for Ryan. He's going to Afghanistan. Yeah. And then on Thursday, it was, hey, we haven't heard from him. Um, you know, be praying that he's safe. Mm-hmm. And then I wake up to a call from her, and she's not she's not one to have a quick conversation, but it was it was very quick. It was he was he was just killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, pray for pray for your stepdad. Yeah, man.
0: Whew, man. So have you been able to see your mom in person?
2: No. Uh, okay. She's there over in Tennessee, so it's a, a bit of a drive.
0: Okay. So when anyone says, like, hey, how do I help somebody grieve, um, especially when someone's a family member, when especially someone's involved in this loss in any way. And um, the first thing I always tell folks is make sure you're grieving. Make sure you're dealing with your frustration and your anger and your loss. And like you said, you didn't know this guy very well, but there's some peripheral connection there, right? And you just as, yeah. a, as a fellow United States citizen like the rest of us are just horrified at this thing. Um, and so you you making sure you're okay and not okay. You're not just going to flip a switch, but making sure that you have a process. You've got people in your life. You're taking care of your basic health needs and things like that and you've got folks that you can talk to that's super critical to make sure you can be whole in the presence of somebody who's hurting right um, I think it's worth how old are you man? I'm 23 23 are you working? are you in school? what are you doing right now?
2: yeah I'm, I'm, I'm married and uh, I've got a I'm
0: self-employed okay If at all possible, I think being in proximity with your mom, even if it's 24, 48 hours, is really valuable right now. Um, Being able to let her touch you and hug you and kiss your face and hold her hand um, feels like a, what would I actually, I mean, what am I going to do? I'm just going to sit there. And I would tell you, yes, absolutely. You'll just sit there. And maybe you take her by the hand and, you will go get some breakfast or some go to dinner or something together. Um, You are able to hug your father-in-law, your stepdad, if you will. Uh, Not father-in-law, your stepdad. You're able to hug him. And, again, he didn't know you that well, but he's connected in, in different ways. And your role will take on a different, you know, meaning to him. But being able to just be seen and be touched and you hold your mom will be a healing, it will be magical healing, if you will. And so if you can knock off 48 hours, I know it's a long drive. It's an exhausting drive, but if you can make that drive or catch a flight and um, go hug your mom, I would really recommend that. I've done turnaround trips like that for drive 12 hours or nine hours for 10 hours of sitting by somebody to then turn around and drive another nine or 10 or 11 hours back. Those moments are magical and they are a gift and they are few and far between. Um, As it, as. Trying to love somebody and help them grieve long distance, the the magic here is not – I keep saying magic because it's a mystical process in many ways. The magic is to not try to fix your mom. You can't. You can't take away her hurt. You can't take away her disbelief. You can't take away – this is a big one, right? This one's got a lot of baggage to it because there's – so many different voices weighing in. And every time she turns on the news, there it is. And every time she doesn't turn on the news, there it is. And Facebook groups and texting and uh, the military processionals, all that stuff is just this reminder and this constant reminder. And it's part of the healing process. And so not trying to get caught up in a trap of, hey, mom, here's what you need to do, but more of, hey, mom, how are you? How's today? How was yesterday? Mm-hmm. And not always doing it through text, but setting up time where I'm going to call mom. I'm going to hear her voice, and she needs to hear your voice. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, what has the last few weeks been like for y'all? Are y'all are you talking to her? Is she in a? Is she weeping a lot? I mean, wh- wh- how is she doing?
2: Yeah. So um, I called her. Um, you know, I gave them a day or two. For the you know it's because I didn't want to talk to them when they're just in complete shock. So I called her in like two or three days after, uh, which obviously still in shock. But I called her just to say, hey, you know, how are you? What's what's it been like? Um, and it was you know I could tell that they had been kind of crying a lot, and they were. They said you know lots of ups and downs, but most mostly just crap about. News stations trying right. to get a hold of them, trying to interview them. Been approached by some major film industries about already filming a documentary and trying to interview them. So it's a lot of mm. dealing with a lot of crap like that.
0: So here's something else. Um, my house, and a lot of this credit to my wife because she's, she's amazing, but my house has become a place that people will escape to. They'll come from all over the country and come spend a couple of days or a week or two and get away. And it may be that you reaching out to your mom and saying, I want to invite you to Raleigh. Y'all get off the grid. Turn your phones off and just come see us. Y'all need to be able to heal where people don't know where you live. They're not going to sit outside your house. They're not going to follow you to the grocery store. And media and film, I mean, they can be relentless. And maybe offering a safe place for her to come visit you. And um, you, have, you have a little one? No, we don't. Okay. Do you have a dog? <laughs> no, we've got just a spare bedroom. All right. Get a dog and tell your mom, grand, <laughs> I don't know, be one of those people that says things like grand dog or whatever. Um, those people who have animals and they try to anthropomorphize them into humans. Um, do that. Sure. Do something. Tell, tell her you got a squirrel in the backyard that needs her grand squirrel or something. But invite her to come stay with you. She probably won't, but... Um, really open that up, and yeah, I really think you need to go see her face to face. So this happened today, and I'll keep this as broad as possible because I I want to keep my friend's personal life um, personal. But uh, we got a call this morning that a friend's um, people that like some of our closest friends on the whole planet um, they had called nine one one. One of them um, was real sick and ended up uh, going to the hospital this morning. So I'm waiting to hear after this show. I'll get some updates on the way things are going. When I heard that, I immediately picked up the phone and called. And so this idea of, I don't want to, I know they're grieving and I don't want to get in the middle of that. If you love them and you're connected, get in the middle. Let people know that you're thinking about them. Can I do anything? How are you? Because a lot of people, like you mentioned, will call because they want something. They want to know information. They want to know, um, how how the grieving people are going to make me feel better because I'm scared and I'm alone and I'm angry too. And there's something about just cutting through that stuff and saying, I'm your son, how are you, right? So I would encourage you to not wait. They'll tell you, they won't answer the phone. The guy I called this morning, whose wife is in the hospital, he didn't answer, but he knows that I love him. And I left him a message and said, don't call me back. I just want you to know I'm thinking about you, praying about you. I'm thinking, um, uh, if you need anything, holler at me. And I just want to check in on you. Those kind of things, they people won't always remember what you said. They'll remember that they heard your voice. They'll remember that they saw your face. And so you lean in against your own discomfort, and you call your mom every day. Make sure she's doing okay. Invite her to see, her, see you. You show up. Um, but there's going to be a process about touch and care and connection in these moments. Don't try to fix your mom. She's going to have a hard grieving season. Your stepdad especially is going to have a hard grieving season. Just think of how can I be with not how can I fix. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then over time, as your mom begins to make meaning of this deal, as she begins to say, what am I going to do? Am I going to create a group for um, recently deployed young men and women? And and I'm going to create a group for their moms, or I'm going to create a group for grieving parents. Or as she begins to make meaning of this and say, the rest of my life is going to be about X, Y, and Z because of this, um, then you can support her and love her and go to the 10Ks and go to the rallies or be, you know, a guest writer on her blog, whatever it's going to look like for her. Um, but she's going to always know you are there and you're walking alongside her. And again, I want to remind you, you were peripher- peripherally, is that a right word? You were connected to this, you know, six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but you're still connected to it. You're still going to have people who reach out to you. You're still going to have your own. When you're watching the news or you're frustrated or you see politicians trying to spin this this way or that way, make sure you're dealing with your own stuff, that you're keeping a journal, you're writing stuff down, you're disconnecting yourself from some of these feelings and your anger and your rage and your frustration or your sadness. Make sure you're dealing with you, man, because you lost your old man too a few years ago. I know your, your mom lost her husband, but you lost your dad. And now you're watching your mom hurt again, and that's hard too. It's all about grief. And you're going to listen to all the different knuckleheaded friends that you have making their cases and saying this and that. Make sure you and your wife are dealing with your grief too. And over time, you're going to find meaning also. And I'll say this, your mom's lucky to have you, man. To all the sons and daughters out there, let's love our parents when they're grieving, when they're heartbroken, when they're hurting to reach out. Let's let's, I know it's awkward because they usually come to us for our whole lives. They've been taking care of us. And there's these moments that it turns when it's our job to reach out to them and say, how are you doing? And just be honest, this is a season of loss, so much loss, whether it's COVID deaths, whether it's military, I mean, there's so much loss, 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 hurricane stuff. We got to cut through the, man, It feels weird or it's hard. I don't know what to say. Forget that. Call somebody and say, hey, I love you. I don't know what to say right now, but I love you. Send the email. Send the text. Write the letters. Make the calls. We need each other during this season of grief. We don't need your anger and don't need your... We need you. Just to reach out and care for each other. David, you're awesome, brother. Thank you so much. Um, And we honor your stepbrother. We honor him and the other 12. With all of our hearts and our minds. And we honor them, by the way, by loving each other. By getting up and saying, I'm going to make the most of today. I'm going to make the most of tomorrow. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be direct. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to love each other. That's how we're going to honor. We take care of our commitments. We're going to do what we say. Thank you so much for you, Dave, and your family. Whoo, James. Man, I'm struggling with this one. Like, when I went down that list, you were out. I I mean, when I go down that list, these kids were so young. I call them kids. They weren't kids. I know they're not kids. I know they're adults. This was just 20, 20 years old, 20 years old, 20 years old. Some of those young men and women couldn't buy drinks. It's unbelievable, man. Uh, But in honor of good friends, I don't think I've told you. I may have told this on this show. I've been trying my best, James, to raise my son as a guy who understands heavy metal roots and good punk rock music and good hair metal music. And I know many will say, is hair metal good? Not kind of. It is sort of. But I'm trying to raise him in the right way. And then we moved to Nashville and he found this station, 95.5, 90s country hits all day. Every day out of his room is Martina McBride and Alan Jackson and Toby Keith. I'm mean, everybody. And now these guys are our neighbors. We live here in Nashville. They're just around in the grocery store. And I look at them and I think, I tried to teach my kid about Metallica, but you. You wrote some song about boot scootin' boogie and now my son's walking through the world. <sighs> I think my biggest takeaway is that your son listens to the radio, the actual radio. Oh, that dude. is amazing. He recites Geico commercials. He'll come out and be like, guys, there's a sale at Wendy's. We can get four. Uh... Oh my gosh. Most 11-year-olds don't know what the radio even is. Like, yeah. I have to explain to my kids. They're like, can you put on that song? I'm like, no, no, you can't pick the song on the radio. It's just whatever's on. So and he's so amazing. fascinated by it when he goes to someone's house and they have, like, Alexa. And he's like, you can just tell a magic box and it plays any song. Anyway, in honor of my son, who I love, in honor of friends— it's off the 1990 album, No Fences. No Fences. Our good friend G. Our good friend G. Old G Brooks. The lead single from the album, No Fences. It's Friends in Low Places by our brother Garth, and it goes like this. Blame it all on my roots. I showed up in boots and ruined your black tie affair. The last one to know, the last one to show. I was the last one you thought you'd see there. And I saw the surprise and the fear in his eyes. <laughs> That's so great. When I took his glass of champagne and I toasted you and said, Honey, we may be through, but you'll never hear me complain because I got friends in low places where the whiskey drowns and the beer chases my blues away and I'll be okay. And I'm not big on social graces. I think I'll skip on down to the Oasis. Oh, I've got friends in low places. Garth (laughs) Brown is such an incredible song, right here on the Dr. John Deloney Show.